love is the answer to all of this stuff and hate is never going to win out. So as long as we keep hating, they keep winning by dividing us and we keep losing because we're not loving. So I, I think that's a big part of the problem going on right now. Today, we get to speak with Alec Lace. He's the host of First Class Fatherhood, launched in 2018 with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Now, his show quickly became one of the top parenting podcasts in America due to Alec interviewing some of the most famous fathers in the world, including Dean Cain, Deion Sanders, Tony Hawk, and Brady. Because of the show's popularity, Alec was invited on the field for the Super Bowl Media Day in 2019 to interview dads such as Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and Bill Belichick. Additionally, our nation's heroes hold a special place in Alec's heart, and on his podcast, he has interviewed legendary servicemen such as Navy SEALs Rob O'Neill and Marcus Littorell, Black Hawk Down pilot Mag Durant, Benghazi survivor John Teagan, and Medal of Honor recipients Ed Byers, Dakota Mayer, and Michael Thornton. Alec does all of this while continuing to be a dedicated railroad mechanic, a position he has held for 20 years, and he even drives Uber on the weekends as a way to further spread his message. First Class Fatherhood can be heard each week on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Let's listen into this conversation as we learn a bit more about Alec Lace. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Alec, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be with you here today. Fantastic. So when I first met you, you had an amazing story and you were talking about how you were, you know, driving Uber and then you were like, hey, I can create a podcast. I, I can have some really promising conversations. And you've been doing that for the past couple of years. And I've seen your journey and it's been sweet and it's been amazing. And I see the success. So tell us a version of your journey that no one's heard of before. Well, I speak about it quite a bit on my show, and and uh, you mentioned there, uh, Uber it was a kind of a, a culmination of a few things that led to me starting the podcast. For one, uh, my two older boys—I have four kids myself, three boys and and a girl—and my two older boys wanted to start a YouTube channel a couple of mm-hmm. years back, and I was explaining to them that it, it, it's a, a little bit more than just turning the phone on and fooling around. So I was trying to shoot YouTube videos with my daughter. Uh, at the time, opened it. she was into the watching the videos of unboxing. So I was trying to shoot some videos of her unpackaging things and trying to turn that into a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And it was complicated. I didn't realize even myself how, how difficult it was to do all this stuff. And, and that's when I discovered what podcasting was, and it was mm-hmm. audio only. And driving Uber on the weekends, I constantly hear from a lot of the young men, they have this negative attitude towards starting a family, becoming a father. They, they hear that I have four kids and they think that I'm out of my mind. They look at me like I got four heads. So I wanted to put a, a, a better positive message out there about starting a family and about fatherhood. So mm-hmm. I combined the two, noticing that there was podcasts where I could do audio. And I put my message out there about this. And the response was incredible. I kind of been you know, leaning on it, pushing the message forward. And it's been the response from the listeners and the guests has just been incredible. So it's been a wild ride. I'm still learning the game. It's a new craft for me. I'm a railroad mechanic. I'm doing that 21 years. Wow. Uh, this is definitely a, a different profession. It's not something I have a history in or an education in. 
So I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm trying yeah. to develop as best as I can and get up to speed with it. But so far, it's been an amazing journey. Now, from the sound of it, right? I mean, you have expertise in one specific area. I mean, you've been, as you mentioned, railroad engineer, but then you fell into this as a passion, as a way to teach people, as a way to teach the youth, right? The importance of having children or importance of being a father, importance of the, as a father, what are the things that you find that are positive being, having that moral compass too, right? Because that's something that's missing in a lot of individuals. And I, I can't really say a whole lot about it because I have younger children. You know, I have, my oldest is going to be turning 11 soon and I have two others, you know, six and three. It's been pretty sporadic. It's been pretty intense. Like, like you said, it's very, very mind boggling to see what type of methodology, what type of thoughts folks, young folks are living with these days. So what are some of the solutions that you're, you know, sharing on the audience? I mean, absolutely, people are going to check out this episode, you know, they're going to, I would, I would invite them to check out your podcast, First Class Fatherhood, because of the valuable lessons that we're learning from not just yourself, but some amazing, amazing guests as well. Yeah, and that, and that's just it. I mean, what I do is I, I don't try to come from my own uh, teaching point. What I do is bring on these guys because I think in our society, Janae, we see uh, a lot of young people. They they we're living this Instagram world where everybody looks perfect and everyone's a millionaire. And yeah. social media has has definitely done a lot of damage to the young generation that's mm -hmm. coming up. And so they look at this, especially in movies and in TV. We see that single guy always glorified. He's living a life with no responsibility. He sleeps with multiple women. He's on yeah. vacations all the time. He's got no responsibility. And whenever they show that family guy, he's always the guy that's getting poked fun at. He's never getting laid. He's never having any fun. And so the younger people are like, well, young men are like, why in the world would I want that headache? Mm -hmm. So they see it as something to avoid and not something to embrace. So what I do is I bring on these guys that have crushed all these things in life, Super Bowl MVPs, a Navy SEALs, Academy Award winners. And they say, you know what, despite all these great accomplishments that I've had, it's really been through the experience of becoming a father that's given me any sense of fulfillment in life. And so I use that testimony to kind of show these guys, hey, look, there's more into this than you think. So it's something to shoot for, not something yeah. to avoid. No, that's a really, like I had thought of it in that respect at all, because it's so true a lot of the television shows are focusing on single adults not getting married and focusing on how good it is. But on in hindsight, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it's almost like the government or, you know, they don't want you to have a family to grow your family, to have more people in the system or more people, period, because they're limiting the number of people that are coming in this world. And, and that's really interesting to see, like all the TV shows. And then there's a lot of like divorce stuff also being procrastinated or, or talked about. Sure, it's real, right? So there's divorces happening and how to find a balance between a healthy family versus a family that's not so healthy. I don't even know where to take the conversation. So, you know, share some of the stories that you got to hear on your episodes. 
Well, one thing I, I would say there, Janaid, is that right now we got we got a fatherless crisis going on in the country. Yes, there's an attack on the family life. There's an attack on masculinity. There's an attack on the fatherhood role. There's no doubt about it. And so we have too many kids are growing up without a father in the home, and it's causing devastating results in our society. Now, I always mm -hmm. have to make sure that when I bring up this point, it's never to take anything away from the single moms that are out there that are working miracles every day that are holding Amazing. it down. Yes. I never take anything away from them. Sometimes I get approached with that a lot and it's never to take anything away. But in the same sense, not all kids that grow up without a father are homeless or run in the streets, but 90% of the kids that are homeless in this country come from a fatherless home. And that's the same when you look at behavioral disorders, the mm -hmm. same when you look at drug use, teenage pregnancies. When you look at the statistics of children that are growing up without a father or father figure in their life, the statistics are devastating. So that's why I try to bring a point to this, because unless we change that, yeah. we're trying to solve all these other social issues in the country. We're focusing on these things. But at the core of it is our nuclear family units. And if we don't strengthen them, we're just going to be running around in circles and never solving any of the issues. We got to tighten up our family units and and God forbid we bring a little God back into into our country as well. Those two things combined, Janaid, I think would start reducing the results or the tragedies that we're seeing in our society almost immediately. You know, that's uh, that's absolutely beautiful. A story, if I were to quote to uh, Seth Godin, he had he when in the book Tipping Point or was it um, Outliers? He. And I'm, I'm sure that's Mal uh, Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. That's not good. Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell wrote the book Outliers, in which he mentions this town in Pennsylvania that have people growing old, like 40, sorry, 100 plus years or, you know, 80 plus years without any diseases. And like, what is going on? Why do they have such a huge life? They sent medical staffs, they sent all sorts of tests they were running, like, they're you know they're like they're eating the same kinds of food everybody else around the world is eating is it because they came from a certain part of the world nope that wasn't it so they kept looking at all the things and then when malcolm gladwell went there he's he's walking in the streets and he looked around and there's multi-generation families living in homes they're talking about their feelings they have that community aspect of it nobody's living a single life so i think family is so much important to extend your life as well, right? So the more we focus on those positivity and how it's so amazing, like family life, bringing people together, bringing those emotions together, because you need a place to put those thoughts down. Now, a lot of people are, I want to say a lot of people, but my sister like, no, you need to go to therapy. Like, well, family is therapy. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that's true. Uh, but listen, one thing I do focus on in my show is that it's not a marriage show. I, I'm not a marriage right, expert. Not. I, I'm not a marriage counselor. I, I just directly deal with fathers and, and their relationship with their kids because uh, I think you need to be uh, secure and straight and happy before you can make anybody else happy. I do know that much. Like when Absolutely. you're on an airplane and, and the mask, they, they're going through the results. They say, hey, you got to put your mask on first before you help your kids out. If you can't do that for yourself, so I don't know if you need therapy or if anybody mm. needs therapy. I'm not someone to say that. Right, but right, I do right. know okay. that your relationship with your kids, if you have that strong relationship, the chances of them needing therapy later in life is going to be drastically reduced. I do know wow. that. Um, so it, it's just more about now, now because I haven't been through all these different experiences myself, mm. I bring on dads that have been divorced and remarried. 
uh, dads that have been had to bury their children. I get these aspects of fatherhood from all walks of life and all backgrounds. And the message is always the same, no matter if they're on the left or if they're on the right, if they're a gay dad or a straight dad, if they're a religious or a non-religious mm. dad, we all want our kids to be happy, healthy, successful, and to be kind to other people. And we don't want to see them be sick, injured, hurt. So in a sense, we're all after the same thing here. We're a we lot are, more yes. alike than we are different. Although our pop culture, our media tries to drive a stake right through the heart of us and tell us that we should be hating one another when it's mm. just like you pointed to Malcolm Gladwell's thesis of that book there. Love is the answer to all of this stuff and hate is never going to win out. So as long as we keep hating, they keep winning by dividing us and we keep losing because we're not loving. So I, I think that's a big part of the problem going on right now. Man, that's, that's so, that's so true. Love is definitely the answer because when you bring love in the equation, everything gets erased, like literally everything, right? Wow. So what, so we also talked about, you know, your motivations for getting the podcast started, getting that conversation going, getting that message out. Um, what keeps you, what, what's the one thing that keeps you motivated into creating more and more of these conversations with uh, individuals? Well, the feedback from the listeners really keeps me going. I mean, a lot of encouragement. I get reached out by hundreds of dads from all over the world, really. I mean, I've gotten reached out to dads from Australia mm -hmm. and, and from uh, Japan. I mean, it's like I, I got people reaching out to me from all over and they, they love the message. Even moms. I get, I get a lot of messages from moms. Uh, that, that love the podcast. So it, it, the response has been overwhelming for me. And I have an overwhelming amount of people that want to come on the show. Uh, so I, I think the message is being well received. I, I just signed a, a book deal with HarperCollins. So nice. uh, it's gonna, it, it'll be coming out next year in time for Father's Day in 2022. So I just I love the fact of being a part of something uh, that's positive. Social media is just filled with so much negativity. There and and we see it all the time. So it's like, it's so easy to do that. And it's easy to get the clickbait by putting on and dunking on somebody else. And it's mm -hmm. not what I'm after. I, I enjoy bringing some positivity. And I, I learn a lot and have become a better dad because of the show. So it, it's been a benefit personally to me. And it's been a benefit to others. It's a win-win situation. So I, I'll keep going until, um, you know, something bigger comes along or until I, I, I lose interest in doing it. I, I'm doing it really from the heart. And with a lot of passion. So I really love, you know, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm, I'm sitting in my bedroom closet. This is where I interview all these people. So for me, my kids get a kick out of it. They mm -hmm. love it. And one thing's for sure, when they grow up, my oldest is 14. When they grow up and they start having kids of their own, they'll have a treasure trove oh of fatherhood God. advice of me talking to all these heavy hitters. So it's, it's, it's a gold mine of information for them. And it's been a great experience for me. So that's kind of what keeps me going. Man, that's a beautiful answer. I it's it's true, right? When when your own kids' lives at stake, well, not the life, but their future, right? It depends on the knowledge that we're restoring here in these conversations. Uh, there was a, there's this one term that's called the 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 wisdom of the old, right? Now, if somebody like, for example, yourself, you know, you have over twenty years of experience as a railroad engineer, once you go- Mechanic. Mechanic, okay. Once you go, that knowledge, you know, you can't really pass that knowledge and experience on to anybody, it's impossible. I think the best way to do is, and I don't know if this is my thought, but the best way that I found that works is 
to store as much information as we can in these conversations because folks in the future can I'm really off my game today. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it, but it's it's true because it, you know yeah. usually journaling is a big part of this where you can pass down your journals to your kids. Yes. Passing down pictures used to be a big thing, but now it's like there's pictures galore. But mm -hmm. video interviews like this and video testimonies like this are just going to be, I think, a goldmine for for your kids going going down the line. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, I'm trying to think where to, where we should go, the conversation. Who is one of your role models in life that you know? enables you to i mean I'm, I'm basically circling around circling around the same question but how should how should we go there go go there go what's the next one so you mentioned about uh go looking forward to the book deal that you just signed for next year what's that book going to be about is it going to be about the the podcast the met the lessons that, that we've learned from here Tell me, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's going to be a, you know, a culmination of all the different guests that I've had on. It'll be broken down into chapters of the advice that's been given out on the podcast, whether that comes to disciplining your kids or how to deal with your kids once they start dating, once they start driving. Uh, it, you know, it'll, it'll be broken down into, uh, into chapters of all the different advice that's been given out by all these amazing guys. And like I said, from, from all walks of life. So you get mm -hmm. the perspective from so many different angles. And that's really what's been the blessing for me doing this is that, you know, I, I get an opportunity to speak to guys that maybe I'm, my ideology doesn't line up with them, but I, I, I invite them on the show because I want to hear their perspective as it pertains to being a father. And I think it gives yeah. me new insight into things I never thought of. So I think just by opening my mind up to all the people and opening the show up to all, all different aspects of life, I, it's, been, it's been really cool. So the book is going to definitely capture a, a, a lot of the different voices that have been on the show. Beautiful. So who is one of your favorite interviews on the podcast? You know, I, I get that. I get this question quite a bit and it always goes back to, for, for me, I'm not a military person. I'm a civilian, mm -hmm. but I really admire uh, the the men and women that serve this country. But the the dads that I've had on, I've had several Medal of Honor recipients and a lot of Navy SEALs, Beautiful. Green Berets, and these guys. To me, they're the ones that I really am in awe of when I stand there and I interview them. And I've had a chance to meet several of these guys, and it's just uh, it, I'm always just enamored and, and just so engaged in listening to what they have to say. So those are the ones that I love the most, you know, to be able to have a chance uh, to speak with these guys that have done so much uh, and, and sacrificed so much, not just because of sacrificing for their family and for themselves, but for the country and for others. Uh, I think it's awesome. So I, I've always been blessed that I get a chance to talk to guys like that. Jocko Willink has been on the show. He's got a huge podcast of his own, mm -hmm. a humble guy, as humble as you can imagine. Uh, and, and, and I have Medal of Honor re recipients, uh, Michael Thornton from Vietnam. And to Ed Byers from the uh, from the Afghan War or, or the War on Terror, so it's it, those are the guys I would say those are my favorite ones that I get a chance to do. If you were to share a few nuggets that you take away from some of these episodes, would you mind sharing those with with the audience? Yeah, one of my favorite ones to share, Janaid, was because a lot of the a, a trouble for a lot of dads is time management, balancing work life balance, and all oh that. God. I think. I've had Kurt Warner on the show a few times, Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl MVP. He's, he's got seven kids. 
They're making mm-hmm. a movie about his life. He's just got wow. a tremendous story. And when I asked him about this, like, hey, Kurt, how do you handle, you know, your NFL player, high elite athlete and having seven kids and all that? So he said he, he learned early on that balance doesn't necessarily mean equal, whereas he can't give eight hours a day to his wife, eight hours a day to his kids and eight hours a day to his job. But when he's with his wife to be with his wife and when he's with his kids to be with his kids and when he's at the job to be at the job. And I think that happens. And it happens to me a lot, too. Sometimes you'll be at the job and your mind is at home with your family. Mm. And sometimes you're with your family and your mind is really at the job. So it, we need to be present and stay focused where we're at and give our undivided attention uh, to which one of those three parts that we're at. So I, I thought he put it beautifully. And that was definitely one that I enjoy sharing. No, that's that's a really good one. My, I don't now there there's this conversation this is this um interview that i watched of larry king right he said an interviewer should never be using the word or you should never be using i so i keep thinking about that so when i'm talking right I'm like i don't i want to avoid saying i and then i end up saying so many eyes but um same thing there's it's so hard to b- have that balance in time because just now my my son walked in it's like oh you know this happened i'm like hold on hold on because i want to pay attention and you know be present with you because you've taken you know time out and i do give my kids a ton of time because it's it's fascinating to see how fast they grow Right. Three years passed by my my youngest is three years old and I can't even believe like where the time went. Now, we've been lucky enough last year to spend a lot more time with the kids. So time management is is definitely one of the hardest things to manage, especially if you're out, you know, working outside, you commuting for work, you're, you know, outside. It's so important to have some kind of. Uh, sports or some kind of activities that you engage you, with your children what are some of the activities that you you know spend time with your kids you, you didn't mention you have two older ones yeah my kids are 14 13 10 and 6 and and for all of them i, I coached all of them in in all of the sports from the very beginning at four years old coached them in soccer coached them in little league coached them in flag football Nice. Uh, coached them in floor hockey i always was very active in, in staying a, a part of, of everything that they did and then as they get older, they start to go on to their own things that find their own interests. Well, one of the things, my oldest son became interested in, in chess at an early age. It was a game that, that I never, never knew how to play, never cared to know how to play. And because yeah. he became very involved in it, I learned how to play it so I could play with him. And our whole family now is big into chess. We all play chess together. And it's become a, you know a, an awesome moment uh, or game to share with my kids. So it's one of those things where I never would have played chess if it wasn't for my kids. And, and my kids teach me a lot about myself and open my mind up to a lot of new ideas and stuff just based on their interests. So I get to kind of follow what they're doing and just get behind it and, and become a, you know, a cheerleader for them and what they're doing you can get, and get behind their interests, even though they may be completely different, you know, than mine. So um, we're, we're now, obviously with the pandemic, the outdoor activities got a lot limited, but we picked up on our board games. We picked up mm. on our walks. And one thing is important for my kids is that they need that. They need that isolated time with me and with their mother. So uh, my wife is very good at doing that. I, I try to schedule that where if, if I'm going even to the bodega or I'm going food shop, whatever it is, I pick a different kid each time. And even if it's 
just a short walk just to get that one-on-one time is so important to them. So we try to make sure we do that with each one of them at least once a week so that they get it. And no. sometimes that can be difficult because, you know, the schedules get out of hand. But with the pandemic, the silver lining of it has been that uh, my, our family has been one that has benefited from a lot more time we've been able mm-hmm. to spend together. And it's been a blessing uh, for sure. Absolutely love it. That spending time, those isolated times with our children are just so amazing because you get to see them flourish in those times. You get to, you know, touch, connect with them on a deeper level. I mean, yes, there are kids, right? But having that additional time dedicated with them is is so beautiful. What is um, something that you're looking forward to this year? I know there's the book coming out next year, but what is something for this year that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I, I look forward to just the, the new interviews, the new opportunities, meeting new people, learning new skills, uh, developing uh, a better language, trying to better communicate. So I, I look forward to learning, growing, expanding. Each year has been uh, better than the next as far as it goes with the podcast. So already this year, I've had the opportunity to uh, not only interview the players in the Super Bowl, uh, but I got a chance to take part in the post game interviews. Oh, wow. It was the first time. It was the first time I ever got a chance to do that. So that was something new for me. I've been to the last three Super Bowls, uh, Super Bowl media day to interview mm-hmm. these guys like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and them. So I've been on the field with them. This year it was done virtually, and so that was a new experience. I, I learned how to how to do that, and I had a chance to get involved with the post game. So. Uh, I, every year has been a new adventure. So whatever opportunities come my way, I, I look forward to them and I embrace them. And, and it's just, a, you know, enjoying the ride as far as it goes with this. Everything else uh, with the kids. I got one high schooler uh, getting my other son into high school mm-hmm. will, will, will be uh, a, a, quite a challenge here. So we're going to uh, work on him yeah, and, and trying to get them back into sports, get them back outside, get them back active and everything else. So, I mean, uh, you know, just – being better at everything all around, being a better dad tomorrow than I was today. That's always the goal. That's beautiful. So in, uh, in the area of, uh, gosh, I was going to say what, so you, you've, you've spoken and interviewed so many beautiful, amazing human beings. What are some of the, uh, what are some of the ways that you're able to reach with them? Is it mostly word of mouth or do you go directly to, somebody that you want to talk to, like, what's your process like? Because let's say I've been wanting to bring on Matthew McConaughey, but I don't know what I'm going to talk to him about, but I do like his new book that it, the, the green, the green lights, green lights, right? So that's an amazing book. Um, so like, what are your, some of the methodologies or what are some of the ways that you go out and reach to human, you know, people like this? Yeah, the, the best way to do it, uh, Janaid, is direct. I mean, we have so much access right now to all these guys. They're on social media. They all have their accounts. They're pretty responsive a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So that's always the best way to do it first. And then you just try to use the Google machine and figure out who represents them or how, how just Google, how do I get in touch with? And then there's usually somebody who has an answer, you know, so uh, nice. it, it's not sure. that difficult to really yeah. get in touch with most of these people. It's just a matter of fact. It's just whether or not you can convince them to come on your show and if you can offer them some type of value uh, to come on and give them a good reason to do so. uh, You know, I've definitely uh, honed in on my pitch. I have tightened up on my pitch. I've worked on that extensively Mm -hmm. to make sure that that, that I'm doing it right. I'm making it enticing and I'm offering some value to them to come on the show. So I think that's important. But yeah, finding ways to reach them. It's not like years ago when you had to 
handwrite a letter and, and, and wait a couple of weeks for a response. It's pretty instantaneous today. <laughs> pretty and instantaneous we all have it. access to the information. So I still have written letters, though, too, to, to try to get guests on. I've been successful once or twice with that, too. So mm -hmm. I still try the old school way. But the best way is direct. I mean, that, that's the easiest and most simple. Absolutely. 100%, man. I love that. So thank you so much, man. This this was a ton of a ton of value. You know, there's so much value in your podcast and, and the stories that you've shared. You know, I, I absolutely love it. So at this point of the conversation, I like to take it a little more a little more personal and ask questions about you growing up and you know what are what are some of the things that make you tick. So what is the one hobby that you wish you got into and didn't get a chance? Yeah, I would love to have been uh, made running a hobby of mine. I've never been somebody that enjoyed and not that many people do enjoy running. I mean, there are some people that do, but even the guys that run even admit that they don't like it. So <laughs> I definitely wish I, I would have got into running and maybe picked up uh, an instrument as I was when I was a kid. I would have loved to have been able to have some type of uh, musical talent uh, mm. to pass on to my kids or to say, hey, here's something I learned. Let me teach you. So we have the kids involved in trying to learn an instrument, seeing if they like it. My daughter's trying to learn the piano right now, mm -hmm. and they've all taken a turn somewhat. But it's different, I think, if the father has that talent or that hobby and he's able to pass that down uh, to true. their kids. I think it has a better chance to stick. Uh, but th those would be maybe two things I would say. That's a really good answer. I mean, and I think about my, myself, how my, my dad was – not really into sports, like growing up, you know, mostly indoors, working hard. And I find, I mean, I did play sports going in college, but it wasn't, it wasn't like at a, at a high level. Like I wasn't, I was never good at any sports. <laughs> Again, that I think, okay, what did you want to be when you were a child? Man, I don't even remember, to be honest with you, Janine. You know, I, I was always just a hustler uh, as a kid. Like, I was always just trying to uh, to get the next buck, to get the next, uh, you know, hustle going. I mean, that's really all it was. It was a moment-to-moment -moment thing. And I, that's kind of how I got into doing auto mechanics. I learned a simple skill, and I just uh, maxed out on it, you know. So I started doing that as at an early age and just really wanted to uh, – uh, make money. I got myself in a lot of trouble, uh, you know, as a, as a young guy. I mean, I'm a recovering alcoholic, mm -hmm. a recovering addict, a gambler. I mean, you name it. I mean, I was kind of living that fast paced lifestyle for quite a long time there that caught up with me, uh, cost me a lot of lessons in life, but, mm -hmm. uh, it was, um, one of those things. I, I was always just trying to make that quick buck early on. I didn't really have any thought of like, Oh, let me be this or that. It was just, you know, make the next dollar. Yeah. Got it. Hustler life. Um, beautiful man. So, tell me what some of your favorite movies or TV shows that you enjoy. Yeah, I'm an old school uh, movie guy. My father had me when he was 50 years old, so he was born in 1930. So he came from that old school, and I grew up watching all them. So I'm a big a Jimmy Cagney fan, a big Humphrey Bogart fan. Uh, my favorite movie is uh, Angels with Dirty Faces. It's a movie I love, but I mean, I, I like a lot of the, the other ones too, as well. A lot of Marx Brothers and a lot mm -hmm. of uh, Three Stooges. I always watch with my kids. Oh my God, uh, the, I love the, the actual the actual first class fatherhood title came from a couple of things, but one was a movie Brother Orchid uh, with Edward G. Robinson and Humphrey Bogart, where Edward mm -hmm. G. Robinson is this gangster and he's on the run. He gets shot and he falls into this um, monastery filled with brothers and he hides out there as they nurse him back to health. 
And he kind of observes what these guys are doing. These guys are just providing service to other people and not taking anything in return. They're living a humble lifestyle. They're just doing good acts of kindness, good acts of service in the community. So he's kind of like taken back and looks at these guys like they're the biggest suckers in the world. Like, look at these guys. They're doing all this work. They ain't getting no bread for it, like kind of in, in, in that vernacular. And then he goes back. Once he heals up, he goes back into the crime life. And then the end of the picture, he comes back and he says, you know, all my life, I was a guy looking for class. I thought it came in in fancy clothes and, and, and traveling in high society. But I found out that you people, this is the true class, you know. And, and so uh, that's kind of a, a moment that stuck with me, too. And part of the whole idea of first class fatherhood, the role of the father. Mm. Uh, th this is really where class is. Like we try to chase it. So many other things in life. We think that once we get the, the status or the big home or the big job or the big promotion or, or whatever it may be that we think we're chasing in the yeah. material world, we come to find out at some point that that was never it. And that fatherhood is really where the true class is. So that's really why I call it first class fatherhood. Man, I love that story. That's, that's so beautifully told. It's, it's beautiful. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I, I, I would, uh, like I said, my favorite is Andrew's dirty faces. I, I'd love to play Rocky Sullivan, like, you know, so, uh, I would love to give it a shot, but I mean, I don't know. I, I've never really considered like what, what I would want to play if I could play a, a role. I'd love to be able to have the talent to, to, to do something like uh, Denzel Washington in training Bay. I, I thought that was a great performance. You know, he has so many great lines in the movie, but uh, yeah, it, it's difficult to put myself in those positions, but uh, I definitely enjoy watching the films for sure. Fantastic. Give me one second. I have somebody doing the vacuuming right now because, you know, it's... Uh, That's okay. We went right back. Let me pause. All right, we're back on. Okay. So we talked about what movie would you choose if you got to play character in it. Next question. Who is your favorite superhero? Or if not a superhero power? Oof. Uh, I, I would probably say like, uh, maybe not, the, I, I would like to have that invisible power, like from the invisible man. I think that would be a pretty <laughs> cool one to have, you know, but as far as superheroes, I was always, uh, you know, I always enjoyed the incredible Hulk when I was a kid. And that's one of the things that's awesome about mm. today where we have the opportunity to like Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, all this stuff where we could share, uh, the films that, and movies that we grew up with with our kids. So I love to put on the old school, mm -hmm. uh, super friends, the, the, the cartoon, you know, uh, Thundercats and, yeah. and GI Joe. And we get a chance, I get a chance to share those with my kids. I, I like them so much better than today. Like I took my kids to see that, uh, Marvel end game. And it mm -hmm. was a, like a snooze fest for me, like three hours. <laughs> it just seemed to go on and on. It's like, just put the superheroes on the screen already. You yeah. Know? yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I like, I like the older ones. So, uh, yeah, I, I was an incredible Hulk fan, uh, as, as a kid. Nice. I love it. If you were a board game, what would it be? You know, we play we play a lot of board games, and there's a lot of cool ones that are out there. Mm. And our family, we, we play this um, uh, this game uh, Catan, which is a good one. Oh my god! We play uh, we play Camel Up, which which is a, a Z-Man game. Mm -hmm. uh, we we play uh, um, Ticket to Ride. So we, there's so many great board games that are out there. But I would definitely I'd have to go back to Clue. I mean, I I, I really I love when we get a chance as a family to play that game. So I want to be in the clue room trying to solve the mystery. You know, that, that's definitely where if I could put myself there as a, as a little figurine in a board game, 
Mm-hmm. It'd be like Colonel Mustard or something, or Professor Plum, and get, get me in there. <laughs> Let me find out who killed Mr. Body. Nice. I love it. I love it, man. So where can my audience find you? I know we have the podcast. What? Where else can they connect with you if they wanted to learn more about you? Yeah, firstclassfatherhood.com. I mean, you just Google First Class Fatherhood. It's pretty much everywhere. You know, it's on, it's on Apple, Spotify. It's just about everywhere. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all the socials. You'll find me if you put in First Class Fatherhood. It'll come up. So nice. uh, you, you can find me there. Firstclassfatherhood.com has everything there. Absolutely. If there was one message that you'd like to share with the audience, uh, I would love to hear that. Well, I, I, maybe I would just go to uh, a, a favorite uh, quote or scripture from the Bible, which would be from Mark uh, 20, 24, 11, uh, which says, uh, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. You know, and that's really uh, been the key to a lot of my success. People ask me all the time, how do you get guests? How'd you get to the Super Bowl? How'd you get to the White House? And I think if you just uh, follow just that passage of whatsoever you ask for in life, believe you have received it and it will be yours. Uh, I think you'd be surprised at the results. So that'd probably be the best I would leave. Man, that is so, so powerful because when you put that message out in the world, and I mean, you're not telling anybody, but you're, you're, you're making that intention. God just makes it real happen for you. Love no, it, uh, it's Mark 11, 24. I think I said it the reverse there. Okay. But yeah, Mark 11, 24. So I make sure I get don't get hammered by the uh, by the Bible people out there. <laughs> well, Alec, this was a fun conversation. Thank you so much for your time and energy, and really, really appreciate all that you've done for the coming generations. Because fatherhood is one of the most you know amazing places. Amazing. What's what's that word? You know, honor to have right because not everybody can be a father. You really have to put your, put your mind aside because you're not, you're not doing it for yourself. Being a father, you know, being fathers, having that selfless love, selfless triumph to, you know, have a better life for your, for your children. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well said. Hey, pleasure, pleasure uh, being on there here with you today. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this Hacks and Hobbies episode. Junaid would love to hear from you, so please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit hacksandhobbies.com to find additional information on the guest today, as well as the show notes.